0: Hi, this is Lori Denning, and this is my podcast, The 20-Minute Scriptorian, where we follow the Come Follow Me curriculum. I am a member of The Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, and while this is an official, I am a believer in the gospel of Jesus Christ. A little bit scholarly, a little bit inspirational, this podcast will attempt to help us become better disciples of Christ. Join me, Scriptorians. everybody. Welcome back. This is Lori and we are headed into Doctrine and Covenants 6 through 9 Spirit of Revelation which sets off January 25th through the rest of the month. Now this is a really fascinating section, a number of sections for us to cover and I think what has just absolutely blown my mind about these sections is how much information we have about God speaking to humanity. So if we think back, we will realize that it has been a long, long set of hundreds and hundreds of years, thousands, where God hasn't been speaking to mankind and humanity like he is now. And we might take a little bit for granted that we can receive personal revelation and that God speaks to us. And if we step back and just pause for a minute, we realize how incredible this is. And so these sections, this section 6, 7, 8, 9, these uh, sections of the Doctrine and Covenants are really, really groundbreaking. They are amazing. Uh, the amount of information that we receive from God and how we can continue to do that, there's something that you just don't see anywhere else in, in most of scripture. So I am excited to jump in this with, with you guys today. When you think of Revelation, what do you think of? Do you think of dreams? Do you think of something that happened anciently with prophets? Do you think of visions, angels? How about something personal? Do you think of a burning, a calm feeling? Do you think of something that's happened to you in your past? Well, that's this topic that we're going to hit on is what is revelation? And so many things are happening right now in the Doctrine and Covenants historically that show us some really amazing insights into how revelation works. Even more so, this isn't just something for the prophet and someone who is a translator or seer. This is something that's for all of us, and we see that in, in Oliver Cowdery. So this is just really amazing, and I can't quite get over uh, how amazing this is. So let's walk back through a little bit of history and see if we can set up what's happening. Joseph Smith has now has the plates, and he and Emma are living a little bit away uh, from his parents, living about 100 miles away. And there has been a fair amount of persecution um, over the plates. And Joseph, uh, it's, we're coming into the spring of 1829. Last summer is the uh, 116 pages with Martin Harris. And so, and Joseph really hasn't translated much after that. That was a really a terrible experience for, for everyone. And so there's been this, this delay, this pause in translation. And so, in the meantime, uh, Emma has been translating or uh, scribing for him, and he's been translating, and but not a lot, not a lot, and so the plates remain untranslated. In the meantime, back home in Palmyra, uh, the, we meet Oliver Cowdery. Oliver Cowdery is a school teacher. Uh, he's in his young 20s as well, and it was the custom at the time that you would stay at, live at one of the students' homes. Can you imagine? I just think that's hilarious that you would all be living there with your teacher, but anyway, uh, they have, weren't speaking a lot about uh, Joseph and the plates. They they feared for how it was being received. They feared for how uh, what would happen to Joseph and Emma, and their and also the uh, older Smiths. And so it was just something that they were fairly quiet about because of the reception they had received in the area. So while Joseph and Emma are, are at the, a hundred miles away, the older Smiths and their younger children are there with Oliver Cowdrey, the new teacher. Now Oliver had heard about the plates and wanted to hear more. Additionally, we hear about Oliver having a dream in which he saw the plates and the Lord spoke to them uh, about them. Now, later in the Doctrine and Covenants, you hear about this um, referenced when the Lord speaks to him. What, what more revelation can you have than when I spoke to, peace to your mind? And he's talking about that revelation. So Oliver had received this revelation earlier, had received an indication of the truthfulness of, of the plates before he knew very much about it. And so we start off the story with God, already intervening in their lives God's setting them up and putting them in a place for these the book of Mormon to come forth for these people to be in the right place at the right time now to the people that are there I think what's totally fascinating is they don't know it yet so Joseph is struggling um he and Emma have had a rough go and if you recall they haven't been married terribly long but they lost uh their first child then they had lost the twins as well and then at this point too, they uh, later they're going to adopt twins, and then one of them is going to die. So they have a particularly tough go. Uh, but they also were trying to to uh, make money, have a farm, have a family, and do normal lifestyle things. And they've it's just a very tough time financially for them. They've also lost the 116 pages. They're fleeing from Palmyra because of the persecutions and living a little bit farther away. So if we put ourselves in their situations, probably like, hey. Lord, I would think if I were Joseph and Emma, we have these plates, we've done everything we're supposed to do, and couldn't it be just a little bit easier? And uh, little do they know that Oliver's on his way, and, and he's putting these people in place, uh, including Martin Harris, who has helped them finance all of this and, and finance the Book of Mormon, a great hero. Uh, he's made his mistakes, yes, but haven't we all? But Martin Har- Harris, great hero and supporter of the, re- of the Restoration. And so these people are coming into their lives, and yet it's still very, very difficult. So Oliver Cowder had this dream about the plates. He knows he's heard about it. He's hoping that they'll tell him more. And yet eventually um, they, they do. So he eventually heads on down and meets Joseph and stays there for a little bit. And almost immediately uh, they start to translate again. And in three short months, they end up translating the entire rest of the Book of Mormon. So there is this amazing outpouring of the Spirit. So this is kind of the background. This is the setting of what's happening at this time. Now, let me go back another step and say, why I think this is so amazing. If you think back just anciently, um, let's go back just to the early Christians. The early Christians, we know from Acts, right, they start to have these uh, miraculous things from the day of Pentecost in Acts 2 to Peter and and John, you know, healing people. They've certainly seen Christ do healings and exorcisms and all kinds of uh, miracles, and yet uh, they and the apostles are doing that and yet it seems to have ceased and so this uh, whether it was speaking in tongues or healing or or any other kind of gift of the spirit seems to have kind of ceased over the next oh, 1600 years right so from the time of the apostles till the time of about joseph smith there isn't a lot of the spirit um, acting on people in revelation in fact for most they would say that's closed that doesn't happen anymore and we still see that today in modern christianity uh, we certainly don't think that, but you you might not know that. But a very common that those things are done away with, whether it was with the revelation of the Bible, right? Prophets, those things are done. They they're done with that that time is over, it doesn't happen anymore. So the heavens are closed. Right. So this time where there's this great outpouring of the spirit in the time of Christ is gone. And so for modern Christians, that's, uh, and even the time Joseph Smith, you're like, no, that doesn't happen anymore. And remember Joseph Smith's reception when he says, I've had this vision, you'd probably think, yeah, that's exactly what we're talking about, visions. And he goes, oh, no way, man. That's, that's of the devil, right? They just, they just cast him out and they say, no, that's, that's just doesn't happen. And yet it did. So there was a lot of revelation. There was a lot of the gift, uh, many gifts of the spirit in the past. And yet for this next couple of millennia, it's been shut down. The same goes true for the Nephites and Lamanites, right? There were these great blessings. And then at the close of the Nephite nation, those miracles have been shut down because of, of unbelief. And, and, and so there's this, the heavens have been closed. And so you can just feel the Lord waiting and excited to, to speak to his, his children again. If you go back even farther, you say that how does the Lord speak to people? And you could probably think of some examples um, there are things like visions and dreams. Then you think of people, uh, whether it's Joseph, right, and the amazing technical dream coat. that guy had a lot of dreams, right? You have those kinds of dreams. You have things like Moses and the burning bush. You have a prophetess named like Huldah, who goes and speaks to the Lord and receives revelation in the Old Testament. Then you have people like the apostles. You have people like Moroni speaking about those spiritual gifts that still continued into the uh, new World as well. So you have things like... Uh, dreams. You have um, insights that prophets receive. You have uh, visions like Moses. Uh, you have uh, angels that come and speak to them. So so you think of these big powerful events that used to happen. There are a few other things that you might not think of that I think are really applicable to what's going to happen to Joseph and Oliver. So go back to the time of, say, Joseph, that Joseph of the end of Genesis, the Technicolor dream coat with his brothers, that Joseph. And Joseph, um, if you remember part of the story where his his brothers uh, sell him into slavery, he goes to Egypt and and he, uh, you know, is in prison and things, but then rises very high in the government there. At one point, he meets his brothers come back. They don't recognize him. You remember the story. And he hides a cup in their packs and so when they when they find him they can he can accuse them of stealing and he's kind of entrapping them uh just to, to to be able to talk to them and remember he puts it in benjamin's pack so go back and read that story but it talks about this cup and what sucks about the cup that he used it says the cup that he used to divine fortunes so this is <laughs> it's joseph um you know a dreamer uh we already know that he has this prophetic gift of dreams and yet this little side comment about this cup that he would use like to 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 kind of um it reminds of like reading tea leaves or something but a more spiritual version where this cup was used somehow in a a spiritual sense and we just fly right by that idea now we might say lori that's weird like i don't like that like a cup and you're looking at what but there are instances like that all throughout the scriptures where the lord uses uh, many different things that people used in their day, thing, the, how people believed. If people believed in dreams, the Lord might use dreams. If they used a cup, he might use a cup. If the Lord uh, used a stone, they might use a stone. In fact, one of the objects you remember that Joseph and Oliver have is a kind of a pair of spectacles. They're kind of thick and then they're attached by a, a bow and a breastplate. And, and at the beginning, they don't know what to call them. And I think it's a W.W. W. Phelps that calls them the Yerm and Thummim. Um, but, but they're, they, they're like, this is this thing we can look into and we can see. And remember, um, Lucy Mack was like, these are wonderful. I can see everything through these. So there's some kind of prophetic gift through this, uh, these spectacles, these, the, what they be, call them, the Urim and Thummim. So they are items, there are items. Um, so the point I'm making is that the Lord seems to use many different tools. He used the gifts that people have. And he, if that's how we understand things, it seems like he's, he's a little bit flexible. If Uh, to God everything is spiritual right there's nothing outside of of God that isn't spiritual but I also think that's interesting so he kind of uses what the people use for those days so in our day we might say oh that's ah, that makes me uncomfortable and I don't like that idea of stones and spectacles and cups and and dreams and visions and you know I'm okay I'm okay (laughs) I'm okay with some people receiving revelation but not like that right and if you think You might be one of those. I am too, right? There are some things that when I look at them, I might say, that makes me a little uncomfortable. However, the Lord has shown us anciently that the Lord uses the way that the people may understand revelation, right? He teaches us. And we have to stretch a little bit. And that's what we're going to learn about a little bit today in these revelations. So let's jump in. Um, But I wanted to at least take us through a little bit historically what was happening with Joseph, Emma, and and Oliver, but also just remember anciently that the Lord has used many diverse ways to speak and reveal to his people ways that they were prepared for, ways that they would understand. So let's jump in. So when we first jump into Doctrine and Covenants 6 through 9, there's kind of this smattering of events going on about revelation. So again, this is in a harmony, Oliver Cowdery has just begun translating and then we learn about what's going to happen. So he says, "Hey, this is this revelation is actually uh, to Joseph Smith and Oliver, right? But they're going to talk about the various things that they need to be doing uh, to bring forth uh, the salvation unto humanity." So really quickly, here's part of the revelation that they receive. It says, uh, "Behold, this is verse 10 of Doctrine and Covenant 6. Behold, thou hast a gift." And blessed art thou because of thy gift. Remember, it is sacred and cometh from above. And if thou wilt inquire, thou shalt know mysteries, which are great and marvelous. Therefore thou shalt exercise thy gift, that thou mayest find out mysteries, that thou mayest bring many to the knowledge of the truth, yea, convince them of the error of their ways. Then he continues on to give him some advice. But again, the Lord says, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, Blessed art thou for what thou hast done. For thou hast inquired of me and behold as often as thou hast inquired thou hast received instruction of my spirit if it were not so thou wouldst not have come to this place where there thou art at this time so one of the things i think is so amazing is this is uh, the lord speaking to oliver through joseph smith and he's saying you have a gift oliver they have a gift and and what's wonderful is that you asked now, we know that so many of these revelations in Doctrine and Covenants and in our own lives come when we ask a question. Lord, just, just pop in there, but we have to seem to ask a question. We have to be ready. So, while I don't love recipes taken out of the scriptures, it's almost oversimplified. It does seem like there's a step here that we can apply that if we want to receive revelation of the Lord, we need to ask, right? we need to ask and the Lord's anxiously waiting to answer us so he he wants to talk to us right? He, the Lord wants to speak to his children and hear from us but he also wants us to ask He wants us to ask so I think that's wonderful a, a wonderful place to to start is that ask now he wonders what am I get, am I receiving revelation how do I know and how many times have you wondered that is this revelation is that how I receive revelation uh, and it does seem um I have heard of a, f- a friend of mine once that said i don't I don't really ever feel the spirit I don't have a burning in my bosom or something like that and as uh, he and I chatted about it I was like have you have you ever felt like that though have you ever felt like my friend that you were like I don't really receive revelation or I don't um you know I don't have dreams or visions or anything I'm not sure that the spirit has ever spoken to me I think that's probably pretty common and I think one of the errors that we sometimes think think is that there is only a one or two ways. We've already mentioned quite a few from dreams and visions. And in this one, in this section of Doctrine and Covenants, we hear a couple of ways. We're going to hear in the next verse, you know, burning in your bosom or a stupor of thought. So you're like, well, what is, it? What is burning of your bosom? Um, or you could, you know, you'll see people get up at fast and testimony and they may get weepy and they may cry. And you are like, well, I don't get like that. So I must not be feeling the spirit. Or you may have something else, right? You're, you're expecting something and you might not get it. But I think that's what is so wonderful is the Lord is going to use different ways. And we have to learn how he speaks to us. And in these next verses, that is what the Lord tells Oliver, so he says, verily, verily, I say unto you, this is the Lord speaking, if you desire a further witness, cast your mind upon the night that you cried unto me in your heart, that you might know concerning the truth of these things, did I not speak peace to your mind concerning the matter? What greater witness can you have from God? now you know, this was the story I was telling you when when Oliver was back living with the oldersmiths, a uh, hundred miles away he had prayed about this thing and he'd received a vision where he saw the plates and so the lord is saying you probably didn't even know you were asking a question you didn't even uh, know where i was leading this in other words i didn't know we were going to be translating the plates but i spoke peace to your mind and that was the revelation so the lord's reminding him i have already answered this question and we have already uh, had an experience And I love that. Sometimes the Lord can bring back to us an experience and say, that was revelation. That was revelation. So I love that. I also love the idea of peace. The Lord speaks peace to my mind. In our troubled day, it does seem like you could get kind of stressed out, right? You can say, is the Lord speaking to me? And is there, uh, do I have more anxiety about these issues or less? And the Lord never puts anxiety in our mind, right? So maybe you need to say, hey, I need to go get my food storage and I feel a little stressed out about it. Um, That might just be anxiety from the day we live in, but the Lord wouldn't make you feel anxious, but makes you feel peace. So as you ask again, hey, am I being prompted to go build my food storage, feel peace, yes. But feel anxiety and pressure and stress, that is not from the Lord, right? That might just be from somewhere else. So the peace, that Lord's speaking peace to our minds. I'd love that, right? I'd love that. Um, there are more uh, little nuggets about Revelation. Let's jump into the next chapter. The next chapter is chapter seven, and this is an interesting one. And you'll say, Laurie, but there's so many great stuff in, in eight and nine, and we're not going to get to all of it. But the Lord's going to speak. Uh, there, they have a question. <laughs> Oliver and uh, Joseph have a question about John, the John the Beloved. Did John the Beloved? They're translating. Did he, was he really? he's still on the earth and I love again it's another question and so they go to the Lord and they say well Lord, this is really non-sequitur like why are you why is this verse in here or this uh, section it doesn't have anything to do with what we're talking about and yet it does it has exactly that the Lord was still revealing and how he revealed things to John the beloved then they see a vision of John and he took this parchment and he wrote down the revelation and then they say that he tarried until the Lord comes again so we see this ongoing revelation that John receives a revelation about the second coming. John receives a revelation from Lord and he writes it down. So one of the ways that some people can receive revelation, namely a prophet or a translator or a seer, is to have a vision, have a revelation from Lord in which they write it down. And then we get it from the writings. That's exactly what Joseph and Oliver are doing. They see a vision of the process that they are doing. Ah, that is so cool. So as we learn about Revelation, we've learned the Lord speaking peace to our mind. Now we've learned that we can get it from Scripture, that the Lord speaks Scripture to his prophets, and then we get that Scripture. Pretty cool, right? Pretty cool. Then you jump into Doctrine and Covenants 8, and you hear even more, right? And we we know this one. This is a great missionary Scripture in verse 2. Behold, I will tell you in your mind and in your heart. By the holy ghost which shall come upon you and which shall dwell in your heart now behold this is the spirit of revelation behold this is the spirit by which moses brought the children of israel through the red sea on dry ground the same spirit when moses asked for help when moses prayed to the lord and they were rescued in a miracle is the same that i'm speaking to you with it's the same spirit of revelation and it's going to not just be in our heart not just emotions but it's also gonna be in our mind. We have to use our intellect, right? We have to use our reason. And and those sometimes are at odds, but not when the Lord is speaking to us. He'll tell us in our it'll make sense and it'll it'll feel right as well. So I love I love that combination. So we're learning so much more about revelation. Doesn't it just feel like the Lord's just the heavens are open. he's just pouring out information. All right, so I'm gonna give you a homework assignment. We don't have time to continue to go through eight and nine, but I want you to go back through this week and go through six, seven, eight, nine. And I want you to look at all the various ways the Lord is teaching us how he reveals his will to us. How does the Lord speak to us? And as you see those, ask yourself, is that how the Lord speaks to me? What do I need to do to be able to hear the Lord's voice in my own life? All right, brothers and sisters, that's it. That is it, scriptorians. We are headed into uh, keep, keep on reading. We're just keep on going through the comments, and I will hear from you in a couple of weeks. Uh, keep on reading.